Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, Cat Swamp Road in New Jersey, Warren County. So if you know of any other Cat Swamp Roads around the country or in Canada, uh, email me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest and let me know. I know that there is one in South Carolina because I saw it, and somebody told me that there's one in Connecticut. But uh, hey, we'll see if there are many Cat Swamp Roads out there. But hopefully everything is going well for you, and the weather is fairly cooperative, right? February, so it's going to be what it's going to be, and uh, it's been eh, not too bad over here. Some snow, some ice, uh, some winter mix, whatever they call it, and I know down south they had some horrific twisters, so our prayers and go out to those people, and uh, extreme cold in other parts of the country and in Canada. I know I have a good number of listeners in Canada, and sadly those people are suffering from a great drought yet as they are up into the Dakotas in Montana. So uh, may the good Lord bring you some snow there, because I know that that's a good way for you to get some moisture for these spring plantings. So God willing, that all works out. But as you know, we get together here in the farm shop every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday with a replay at 6 p.m. in case you miss it. And that's an Eastern Standard Time Zone on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And if you happen to miss an episode or you want to hear it again, because maybe I discussed a topic that is now of interest to you, then all you need to do is go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and click on the tab FMD Radio, and there you will find all of the back episodes in its entirety with the commercials, everything, as you would hear it on Sirius XM Rural Radio. And they're all listed there, and they're available, uh, God willing, for perpetuality, right? So I just want to give you an update, because I know a number of you have been contacting me to enter the contest to win the Hot Rod Farmer license plate. And the license plates are in progress. And uh, we finished the design. My art director, Susan Moore from Moore Good Inc. down in Georgia, we finished it up and we got it over to the people. And they're being made in Tucker, Georgia, out of uh, American-made recycled aluminum. And they're going to be embossed. And I think they're going to be look great, not because they're mine, but I think that they look great. So if you want to get into that contest, all you need to do is email me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and just tell me where you listen from. You could tell me a little bit about yourself if you like. And uh, if you don't want to, just tell me where you listen from and that will get you two things. They'll get you a pin in my map so I could see where where my listeners are, and then also get you right into that contest. And that contest is going to be going on. So don't worry about it. If you may send me an email today, and you may not win for a year, because I'm just going to randomly put the names in a box and mix them all up. And every week, I'm going to give away two free license plates mailed right to your to your residence or wherever wherever you want and uh, if you if you do go to the website just check out um i have two new two new articles up one under the learning series of uh, how to measure and then i have another one under the collector's corner about 
uh, it's called Will It Start? About getting a gas engine to start. So those are, even though I call it collector's corner, it's not necessarily geared towards just collector tractors or collector engines. So that could apply to anything. It could apply to a lawnmower, a grain truck, what have you. So check those out when you're over there. Greatly appreciate it. And they're designed to be a short read, five or six minutes and right to the point. So uh, hopefully you will enjoy that. I'm looking forward because to Monday, so uh, the Valentine's Day, Monday, uh, this coming Monday, I will be leaving for the uh, National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville. So I'm excited about that. I got the Fiesta all ready to go, changed the oil, uh, rotated the tires, clean the mass airflow sensor, put some Tecron in the gas tank, and uh, I'm ready to roll, God willing, Monday morning. And I'm going to make it a... Uh, I was going to go straight through, but I decided not to. So I'm going to go to t- stay in Tiffin, Ohio. I stay at the Hampton Inn over there in Tiffin, Ohio, on Route 224. And then I'll go there to get there the first night. And that's I've been through there a zillion times, and I know that hotel, so it's not... It's very easy. I'm very, those are almost like my old stomping grounds. And then I'll leave the next morning for Louisville. So if you are at the National Farm Machinery Show, please, I was going to say, look me up. Uh, But you don't know what I look like, and I don't know what you look like. So that's going to be hard. But uh, so hopefully maybe our paths will cross and you'll hear this New Jersey accent. And you'll say, I think that's the guy on the radio and on a podcast. But I would love to meet you. I'd love to shake your hand, learn to learn about your operation, just learn about you. But it's kind of hard when you don't know what I look like and I don't know what you look like. So that is that. And then I will be going to Commodity Classic. And that's not till March, so we've got a lot of time to worry about that. But on today's episode, what I'm going to be discussing is why you should and how to clean the mass airflow sensor on either your gasoline engine or your diesel engine. And that's very, very important. And hopefully right after the commercial break, you'll be sitting there with your ear right to the radio, right? And you'll be listening how to clean your mass airflow sensor. But never forget that agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Sirius XM Triumph helps you live your best life. This is Dr. Laura. If you want some no-nonsense advice about relationships, marriage, kids, or moral and ethical dilemmas in your life, call me. I'd get real-life advice on your money. Dave Ramsey here. For almost 30 years, I've been taking calls from people who all want the same thing, a plan. We'll give you the proven strategies for your life, your money, all right here on The Ramsey Show. Sirius XM Triumph 111. Or listen on the Sirius XM app. Crew, let's ranch it up. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. Every week, right here on the Ranch It Up radio show, we talk the cow stuff. Some rodeo action. Cowboys. Markets. The latest cow country news, sale barn reports, and everything in between. The Ranch It Up radio show every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Watch RFD-TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD-TV now. Simply go to watchrfdtv.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month 
or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFD-TV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to WatchRFDTV.com, sign up, and start streaming today. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hi, I'm Cole Bearlocker, the 2021-2022 National FFA President from Washington. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RFD TV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Central, right here on RFD TV. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and we're going to be discussing mass airflow sensors today, what their purpose is and why you need to service them, and basically the service procedure is to clean them. Now, this is going to apply to gasoline fuel-injected engines and Tier 4 for the most part, light-duty diesel engines. I do not know of any mass airflow sensor applications in larger diesels, for instance, like in a semi or a farm tractor or a combine, but you need to identify whether the system runs a mass airflow sensor or not, and I'm going to get into that in about a minute. And also keep in mind that not every gasoline fuel-injected engine uses a mass airflow sensor. On both Tier 4 diesels and on gasoline fuel injection, there needs to be a way for the ECU, which is the engine control unit, to determine the load on the engine. And it and so it could either look on a gasoline engine, it could either look at engine vacuum, and that's called manifold absolute pressure or abbreviated MAP, like a road map, so it would have a MAP sensor, or it could look at the incoming airflow. Now, air is elastic. It, it expands and contracts with heat. So that is why it is called a mass airflow sensor. It measures the mass, the weight of the air coming into the engine. Now, some applications on the gasoline side will have a mass airflow sensor and a MAP sensor. But this is today's show, we're going to be discussing how to service the mass airflow sensor. There is no service that the MAP sensor, if it has one in your application, requires. So there's nothing to do there other than to make sure that the vacuum hoses on there are not cracked. So with a mass airflow sensor, it is going to be located in the beginning of the airstream. So it's going to be after the air filter housing and before the air enters the engine. And it's going to measure, so it'll be like a flow meter. So it's going to, it actually is a flow meter because it's a mass air flow meter, but it's measuring mass. And it's go, so all of the air is going to pass through it. On a turbocharged application, for the most part, they're usually also before the turbocharger. So that is, uh, but is, but that is not 100%. So you need to identify and look at your particular engine and see where the mass airflow sensor is. The easiest way for you to do it is to find the air cleaner 
locate the air cleaner and follow the inlet pipe ducting until it goes either into the turbocharger or into the engine and now in a lot of applications you will see that the sensor is actually integral to the air filter housing but it would be on the exit side of the air filter housing so regardless of where that sensor is located it's going to accomplish the same thing it's going to measure the incoming airflow now why do you need to clean it well you need to clean it because of contaminants in the air just just contaminants it doesn't necessarily need to be dust it could be dust if you live on a dusty road if you uh, drive on the highway if you go into the city so just airborne contaminants is probably the most succinct way for me to say it is going to end up coating the sensor inside the sensing wire the sensing we call it a sensing element and once this element becomes coated it will not it could it may it may respond very slowly it may not read accurately or it may do a combination of both respond slowly and not read accurately so why is that important because that is the data that is being used it's the main component in the algorithm that is going to determine the fueling the injector opening time whether it's on gasoline or tier 4 common rail diesel and on the gasoline engine it's going to be one of the major inputs into the spark advance the spark timing and on a diesel engine it's going to also be an input into injector firing and some other aspects of the engine running you have to you have to realize that a modern gasoline and a modern diesel engine regardless of if it's a road vehicle or if it's a combine i always use those those two uh, examples they look at a lot of data and the ecu looks at a lot of data and whereas when you had an old mechanical system you wouldn't have that integration of looking at data so it would be just like an old-time farmer you put n p and k down you didn't look at micronutrients you didn't do a tissue analysis you didn't do a sap test you didn't do a side dress nitrogen test you didn't do a soil test you just threw n p and k down or manure down and you went with it right so once engine controllers came into into play is that they take a lot of data but the thing that you need to recognize here is that sensor will get dirty and that's the sensing element the outside of it could be dusty from you living on a dirt road and that's not going to affect it and when it becomes dirty it becomes slow to respond and may respond incorrectly so now if it's slow to respond and it may and will and possibly respond incorrectly then the then the the decision making process of how much fuel the engine needs via the fuel injector then again gasoline or diesel the ignition timing is all going to skew also because it's being given bad data and usually what the telltale sign of a mass airflow sensor is starting to have the element become dirty or numbed i like to use the word it becomes numbed is that i mean the engine is going to start and run all right it's going to do all of that it doesn't run as crisply the throttle response is not is not as sharp the the fuel usage may go up uh believe it or not on a modern application like in a modern pickup truck with it with a, a computer controlled transmission or then again on the gasoline uh you know on the diesel or gasoline side uh 
is that the shift points may be a little bit off. It's just, it's, it's you know, you know what the engine is going to feel like. It's going to feel like <clears throat> somebody you said, I just don't feel good. I feel dopey today. I, you're not vibrant. You're not vivacious. You're not sharp. And that is how the engine is going to respond. And I keep repeating on the gasoline or the diesel side because it's just going to feel like it's got a hangover because it can cannot make the right decision. But another thing that I want to bring up about a mass airflow sensor as far as maintaining it is concerned, it's very imperative that on any application that you make sure that the all of the inlet ducting pipes, pipes, clamps, hoses, however however it is, however it is connected are all tight and have no air leaks. Because if there is any air introduced to the engine after the mass airflow sensor then that's like somebody sneaking remember years ago people used to go to a drive-in movie and sneak somebody in through the in the trunk of the car right so that's air that's sneaking in that the engine is not that the controller is not cognizant of but the engine is seeing so that means is that it's going to have more air coming into it from this leaky leaky hose than it would than it than it's fueling it for so it will not run properly and then then at one particular point if that leak becomes so so aggressive that you'll actually have start you'll set a code for the mass airflow sensor and the engine will run very poorly it'll run poorly because one of its major decision making inputs is now skewed and it realizes that it's wrong so you always so part of your service procedure is to always go around and snug up this ducting snug up the hoses so it's from the mass airflow sensor exit to the engine or to the turbocharger and you want to also depend now some some applications have have hard injection molded plastic abs hoses some have flex hoses so you want to make sure that there's no leaks there if it's a type of hose it could be rubbing on something sometimes they run past the alternator bolt uh the, the bracket and rubs on there so you want to make sure there's no leaks because even the slightest pinhole will cause it to skew now on <clears throat> engines that are turbocharged and intercooled which is almost every engine today that's turbocharged is intercooled is that keep in mind that if you have a pinhole and in the in the intercooler because it did something hit it what have you then that's what's going to be as i said it's called false air so it's air that's it's coming into the system not just on the turbocharger at any time that you have a leak after the mass airflow sensor it's called false air so that's that is imperative for you to understand that so those systems have to be airtight no pun intended and all of the air needs to be registered going past the mass airflow sensor so that is that aspect of it very simple you don't have to go nuts every time you you work on something go with a screwdriver or a nut driver or whatever the application is snug everything up inspect it now how do you clean this mass airflow sensor well it's very very simple and as i said there's, there could be a sensor that's integral into the into the ducting and that comes out or some engines today have it as part of the air cleaner assembly but it's held in with screws usually it's a t20 torque screw and you could pull the sensor out and the sensor has direction to it there's directional flow so usually they're designed so you can't put them in backwards but there's going to be an arrow on the sensor that says flow and that means flow to the engine so so you don't want to put it in backwards most of them like i said a dummy proof that they you can't put them in backwards but believe me i know there's somebody who will be able to do it 
right? So how do you clean up? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to get, you're going to gain access to this sensor. Then once you gain access to the sensor, either remove it from the air cleaner, remove it from the ducting. When you're in town, there are dedicated mass airflow sensor cleaners. Now, the first company that came out with that is a company called CRC, and they they make they're they're a high end company. Make a they make a lot of excellent chemicals, and I believe that there are competitors to CRC right now as far as mass airflow sensor cleaners. So the one that I use and I've always used is the CRC maf mass airflow sensor cleaner if you want to buy another name brand that's fine the take-home message here is that you do not use carburetor cleaner you do not use brake clean and you do not use electronic parts cleaner so a lot of people say i'll use carburetor cleaner or carburetor slash throttle body cleaner no all right, because that is going to attack the delicate electronics inside the mass airflow sensor. Now, I, don't, I know somebody's listening that by said, I used carburetor cleaner five years ago. I had no problems. Well, I also walked across Route 80 once and, uh, during, during the busy part of the day, and I didn't get killed. But over time, you will end up, and actually, it will put a coating on it. It's not, it's not the right, it, it's just not the right chemical. All right, you buy a can of mass airflow sensor cleaner, and it's about $8. It'll probably, it'll last you so many, forget about it, unless you have a big fleet of vehicles, it's going to last you a long, long time. And all you basically need to do is take the cleaner and then spray inside. When you look inside that sensor, you're going to see there may be some designs have a very thin sensing wire. You do not want to touch that. Some have an encapsulated sensor. You want to you want to bathe. You want to wash that whole inside of the electronics of that mass airflow sensor with the with the with the special cleaner. You want to do both sides of it. By the time you get ready to put it back in, it will be evaporated, it will dry, it'll clean off the sensing element, and you will be surprised how much better, if it is dirty, that that engine will run. And it's a good thing to do. I like to do it every four or 5,000 miles when I put an, usually I put some sort of injector cleaner on my gas engines in a tank every three or 4,000 miles. And on my diesel, I don't have a diesel. It has a mass airflow sensor, but you could do the same every three or 4,000 miles. It takes, a, it takes longer to get the can off the shelf than it does to actually clean the sensor. And not only will you, and that's an expensive sensor. So not only will you have a better running engine, but keep in mind that just like if you don't brush your teeth and you don't go to the dentist, you're going to build up a lot of plaque on your teeth. And what's going to happen is that if you never clean that sensor, it's going to be beyond cleaning. You're not going to be able to clean it. So just routinely do this. It's a it's called mass airflow sensor cleaner. It's eight or nine dollars for a spray can. You probably do forty or fifty mass airflow sensors with it, and you will be surprised. Gasoline, diesel, and you'll be surprised how much sharper and better the engine will run. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me as we cover the nation's food system. From fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. 
Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. How do you go about changing the world? You start by growing the next generation of leaders. Hey there, I'm Josiah Crookshank, the 2021-22 Western Region Vice President for Morgan. Thanks for watching FFA Today on RFD TV. FFA Today is a program that showcases these leaders and their achievements, their stories, their innovations. Join us for FFA Today, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Central, right here on RFD TV. Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for AOA. Hi, this is Rob Keck from Bass Pro Shops, the leader in the great outdoors. Join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern for Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Join us every Saturday as we answer the call, that call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, presented by Bass Pro Shops, only on Rural Radio and the Sirius XM app. Your adventure starts right here. All right, welcome back to the show. Now it's time for our Under the Sheet Metal segment. But before we do that, we got to get Tex Rubin with in here from Ripsaw Records. Come on, buddy. Alrighty, thank you so much. In today's Under the Sheet Metal, I'm going to go over simple steps to maintain a hydraulic system. Hydraulics have been integrated into most every aspect of farming. It has allowed more work to be performed by one man than an entire family could accomplish in a bygone era. In many ways, hydraulic oil is the most important fluid on the farm. A hydraulic system works under the principle that a liquid is considered non-compressible. Another fact about hydraulics being resistance to flow is the only way to create pressure in the system. It must be remembered that no hydraulic pump creates pressure, only a flow of oil. Pressure is the result of a restriction to flow. Hydraulic oil is highly refined petroleum-based product with additives so that it becomes a suitable working fluid. It has been estimated that 70% of the hydraulic failures or problems with farm equipment is rooted in the use of the wrong fluid or the system contains dirt, moisture, or other contaminants. Farm equipment hydraulic systems are fitted with components that have very tight and exacting tolerances. High-quality oil will be able to cling to those close-fitting parts even under high temperatures. In addition, many farm tractors use the hydraulic oil to lubricate the transmission. Low-quality hydraulic oil will provoke excessive wear in the hydraulic system. When purchasing hydraulic fluid, 
Make sure the brand meets or exceeds the requirements for your machine and is not just a low-cost oil. Though many farmers do not like to hear this, I always suggest using the equipment manufacturer's hydraulic fluid brand. There is no industry standard for hydraulic oil as there is with engine oil. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed, blessed day, and we'll catch you next week, and I hope to see you at the National Farm Machinery Show. Bye-bye. This is Jimmy Stern inviting you to join me every Saturday night for the Saturday Night Polka Party right here on Channel 147 World Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They repeat that show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Join me on the Saturday Night Polka Party. That's Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Again on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Only here on Rural Radio Channel 147. Listen, farming is all about appreciating the simple things in life. So why make it complicated? I'm Rob Sharkey of Shark Farmer Radio, and I just want to cut down the confusion and delve deeper and deeper into the tangled controversies within the farming world. There's so much to learn from the great people of agriculture. So forget the nonsense and let's get back to the basics on Shark Farmer Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. This is Sean Haney. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. It's your go-to source for the latest ag news, impacting producers on both sides of the 49th parallel. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern, and don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. If you're like me, it's all about the great outdoors. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, biking, cooking, campfires. I love it. This is Beck, your host of the Bend Radio Show. Join me every week as we get the latest outdoor news and updates. We have hacks and gadgets. Plus, hear the stories from the backcountry that empowers all of us. Catch Beck if you can every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here. Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius X.